Hey, Becker. Hey, Scotty. How you guys doing? Hey, bud. Tommy. Everything going well? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm great. Very, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about tonight. I'm, I'm really actually excited for a couple reasons. Uh, the first is we got some great guests on this evening's episode. I, I, it's They are you know, so knowledgeable about the Beatles. I mean, to the point where, I don't know about you guys, they really taught me a, a lot, and, and most specifically, how to pronounce Brian Epstein's name. Um, a huge, huge revelation for me. Um, me too. But it's me, also, too. me too. Yeah, it, it's also an important day in Beatles history today. I don't know if you guys are aware. Today is the day that, that Brian Epstein actually sat down with Mal Evans and tried to sign him to a solo contract in 1966. To manage um, him? Yeah, it, big, big deal. It was after hearing Mal count the numbers in A Day in the Life, Brian was like, you know, this guy's got something special, and I, I think we can really sell it. And I think, I think, you know, we put him in a suit, we have him bow, or it's, it's, it's going to make its way. Uh, really saw something. But you know what happened? Alan Klein came in, scooped Mal out from under from under Brian's feet. I can't believe Alan Klein. Wait, is it is it Klein or is it clean? I'm, I'm not. We'll have to ask the guests when they get on. But... Good evening, Blotto Scruffs. Thanks, and welcome back to Blotto Beatles, celebrated the world over as the leading tipple tutors of Beatles broadcasting. I am Becker, and this is episode 23. Tonight, we're going to be joined by a fantastic pod that we, we have a tremendous amount of respect with and, and really appreciate that they would take the time for us. Um, so I'm, we've been looking forward to, to getting together with them for months. Um, so uh, stay tuned for a couple of minutes, and we'll bring them right on. So, uh, But, you know, please join us in pouring a glass or whatever you enjoy because we're going back to help again in uh, just a couple of minutes. As a reminder, we are the podcast where a couple of friends have a couple of drinks and come together to discuss and rank a single Beatles song. Um, and with that, one of those friends that I, I could never hide my love for, uh, please welcome my co-host and all-around uh, great dude, it's Tommy. Hey, what's, what's up, my bud? I do feel like um, as sort of uh, the pandemic is happening and we march closer to death that, that it is important to <laughs> tell your friends that you love them, you know? And so yeah, every day. I, uh, I, I do love you. I love Scotty. I and, love you uh, too, man. Love everything we're doing. Love, love all of this. Um, yeah, been a good day. I've been excited this week uh, thinking about having our guests on and listening back to help and, you know, just, just thinking about this track specifically. And then today I, I was sitting down, getting the, the computer ready, um, and um, was wearing a vest that was starting to constrict a little bit. I wasn't feeling great <laughs> about it. Pop yeah. that thing off. I'm feeling fantastic right now. I'm just ready to roll and, and talk about a help tune. So let's get into it. I, I, this is an aside, but I don't understand the vest. 
Like, when do I ever not want my arms warm, but I need my core warm? Tommy's a dangerous dude. I mean, it was a bulletproof (laughs) vest, I believe, right? (laughs) (laughs) That is true. You know, here's the thing. It still, it does give you full range of motion in the arms, which is nice, because you know about my my constant flailing (laughs) that I'm doing. I'm very emphatic with my arm motions, and I'm not constricted by the, the, the tightness of a jacket. Today, it was just time to let the core breathe a little bit, and I'm, I'm excited to be here, just, you know, f- fully able to flail, you know, top half. It, the rock <laughs> hard core. Yeah. That's, that's what we need for Whatever that means. I don't know. I feel a little, uh, I feel a little bad in here today. this? Yeah, Already? You this is all your problem. All right. All right. I feel a little bad today because both of you guys texted me that you had listened to the episode from last week, and I haven't heard this yet, but apparently I... I'm not very present for the last 30 minutes. And I'm not sure yet if I owe you guys a full apology or not, but, um, do you want to offer an apology just in case? No, cause I, I don't know if I owe it yet. I'm not sure really? if I owe it yet. I did so spend the last so 15 sorry. minutes trying to order a pizza from Grubhub unsuccessfully. Yep. And I do this constantly. And so during um, the episode, during the episode. So do you think but, that that warrants an so, apology to us? Not, yeah. I mean, on its own? I'm seeing our guests nod over our, our video I mean, you no know, disrespect, but um, no, if if you feel hungry during the show, and I hope our guests, if they feel hungry during the show, should feel like they could have a nibble of something, you know? I think it's so weird think that you're really supporting Grubhub right now. <laughs> so like, and if you moment. use code BLOTTOBEETLES, you get 10% <laughs> off. <laughs> But seriously, if I could say something, fuck Grubhub. If you can call or order from your yes. local restaurant, you really should. Those guys were gouging people. Um, and um, But I was guilty of using it the other night. So, <laughs> so wait, do you want to apologize for that? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. I'm just sure. trying I, to get I the song to... <laughs> played right now, man. Like, yeah. Help me out. Throw me a bone. I don't know. Uh, uh, I'll give you guys a legit apology. You need an apology? Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't I, know that I do. I feel you're so sorry. Uncle Albert. All apologies. We're so sorry. Uncle Albert. All apologies. So yeah, if I do owe an apology, and I wanted to listen back and, and see what really happened, is that I did sort of brown out a little bit at the end of that episode, and I am very guilty of um, not eating dinner. My wife was like, you should eat dinner. And I said, oh, it's fine. We're doing all together now. Like, it's going to be a quick episode because I'm like, how much can we talk about all together now? And apparently we can talk forever. So um, I may be in trouble <laughs> tonight then because dinner has not <laughs> happened on this side of the call. <laughs> but Scotty, anyways, we got that one up for next episode. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah we're we're not doing all together now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we don't do this alone right it's me it's tommy and, and next up is a man who needs no introduction um no, no, no. but for some reason we've really built it up he's a george <laughs> martin in the streets but a giles martin in the sheets uh that's our executive producer and yours he's the george martin of new england everybody that's scotty c Woo. How, wow how are you Thank my you. bud i hope that's a compliment giles better be <laughs> yeah giles is like um you know george is doing it straight and giles is like He's like into mashups and stuff, right? Like he did the, <laughs> he did the, the love stuff. That's what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Love. I like that. He's, All right. I'm down. You know. Thank um, you. How are you? I am sorry I... to say that I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you this week. Oh, boy. You were very gracious to send my daughter a Christmas gift. Oh, which yeah. is great. 
and you sent her four little beetles, little people beetles, and they're in a yellow submarine in the box. Yeah. Very nice. And for a while, she's under two. She doesn't speak too, too much. And she's just been, if you say, oh, go get your beetles, she'll get the beetles. And she brings them all back. And she stacks them together. She puts them in four, puts them in two and two. It's, it's super cute. For some reason, though, she has started calling them all Paul. Nothing else has taken Ringo, John, George. Every beetle is now Paul. So she's like, Paul, 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 Paul. And I'm like, what? This is not I would what love I if meant. she was just like calling them George Martin. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's acting like George Martin. <laughs> uh, she's putting a little French horn in there for him. Oh, I'm sorry about the Paul part of it, but I mean, it sounds like a good time. I'd love no, no, it, it's it's fantastic. I really appreciate that you would even think of her. So, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, going back to my Beatles story, on the day I first explored the Beatles on my own. I pulled out Sgt. Pepper's and I pulled out the Who's Tommy from my dad's record collection. So it's been a really big day that I celebrate in my life. Much like that day, when we officially decided that we were going to start podding, I wanted to listen to some other pods and shows that, that were maybe in the style of something that we wanted to get into. On that day, I listened to Paul or Nothing, Sam's show, who's on with us, and I listened to BC The Beatles, and I have been listening ever since. And so when we started getting some momentum, I, I reached out and I, I asked if, if they would do that show and, and our show. And, and they graciously said yes. And we're finally getting them tonight. Um, I think they give sort of a like this refreshing and like modern recontextualization of the Beatles that I was probably a bit unfamiliar with. I had mostly been reading books and raised on sort of like this old guard of um, Beatles historians. And, and frankly, like they just know more about the Beatles than we do. So I'd really <laughs> like to welcome... Allison and Erica from BC The Beatles. Guys, thank you so oh much for joining God. us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We're so excited Hello. to be here. And I must Great. say, you, your daughter and I have something in common because I too got The Beatles Little People for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Can you differentiate them? Well, I yeah. call all of them Paul just by preference. <laughs> As you know, if you listen to our podcast, Erica is an apologist. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, uh, real quick, if our listeners haven't listened yet to BC the Beatles, first of all, why are you listening to us and not listening to BC yes. the Beatles? But if you could tell us, like, um, what are you guys about? So BC the Beatles, we we wanted to get together and do a podcast about the Beatles because we as second, third generation fans felt like there wasn't a lot of content out there for us, that a lot of it was first generation fans, which is is awesome and that's great. But the next generation fans who weren't there when the Beatles were around, we have our own stories to tell and we have our own lens to put on everything. And, you know, to be to be honest, you know, there's only going to be people who haven't been around for the Beatles from right. now out. So we just wanted to give a voice to that. We wanted to give a female focused lens at times. We wanted to represent people who just weren't that represented in the community. So that's where we that's where we started and I hope we're still kind of going with that. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of what you all are doing and I think I I said it when we first hopped on before we started recording, but the the big takeaway for me in listening to you to speak is how easy the conversation is between you. And it, it feels like any of us could be sitting in a room with you having, having that conversation and something that is erudite, something that has some weight to it and is knowledgeable and, but also brings in the, the fun of 
and the passion of just something you love. I, I think you guys have that balance really well. And uh, as Becker said, if if anyone that's listening to this cast hasn't heard BC the Beatles because the Beatles, uh, however we are going to present it tonight, but go out and listen. They they're doing uh, this form far better than we ever could. I think. Oh no no no! No, we love you guys. <laughs> No, yeah, we did. No, no, we no, it's do. you. No, 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 no. <laughs> Baby, it's you. Yeah, exactly. We're yeah channeling the Beatles and Busey kind of energy here. But yeah, no, we love you guys and thank you so much. Well, yeah, we're such fans. So it's like. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like we, moment here. Like we were saying before we started too, we feel like you guys are like brothers from another mother in the Beatles world to us. That's really that's cool. amazing. I love yeah, it. I'm. I'm floating guys, about that you no know, you guys come at it with like a sense of humor and we try try to do that too i mean hopefully absolutely we do, but yeah but everything no, we've said is super serious i have no yeah. idea what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about it's so funny you guys are yeah. Like, yeah. i look up those facts every week <laughs> i go on deep dives <laughs> Becker's I think it's very stoic very like yeah, yeah. like buttoned up yeah, yeah. <laughs> Erica and Allison, thanks a ton for joining us today. And a little bit uh, about the Beatles is that we talk about the Beatles, and a lot of it is that we have a couple of drinks. Um, Mm -hmm. Wait, who are the Beatles, dude? Oh, you guys don't know who the Beatles are? I've never heard of them. I'm not sure. I'm positive. Wait, what? All right, why don't you tell us who the Beatles are, Becker? Yeah, uh, sure, sure. I... I am sort of uh, Ken Womack dubbed Tommy more of the scholar of our show, and so I've I've been pretty. That's why the jealous of that along. ever since. But um, I I do the, the research. <laughs> I do the research. You know, I'm, I'm boots on the ground here, and so I'll just uh, I'll give you the top top line here. But um, who the Beatles are, Tommy? Are you ready? I'm ready. Tell me. Here they come together. A walking down the street. A U.S. reaction to that British invasion. Um, okay. The Zany Group are Wait, famous US? for starting off in the Cavern Club. <coughs> sorry, I'm sorry. The Cavernous TV TV studios. Wait, uh, music and TV executives. Frankenstein, no. sort of this project until it took off as a musical no. sensation of its own no. merits. I'm talking about no. the Beatles. I'm talking about Michael. I'm talking about Mickey. No. I'm talking about <laughs> Peter. Dude. And you know, I'm talking about Davy. I couldn't, uh, yeah. you know, I couldn't Michael pass Stan, it up at all. Right here. And, uh, Tommy, do you know this big record? Yeah. Uh, I no, yeah, I'm pretty sure I probably do. <laughs> I Go may let it, it believer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's rough. got a couple of hits. It has, uh, <laughs> it has, uh, day number nine, dream believer. Uh, take the one after nine and nine to Clarksville. <laughs> Torque know her is Torque love her. <laughs> Do you oh. want to Nesmith a secret? Yeah. And uh, this, this is my favorite, really, as uh, Do Lends Me Down is really <laughs> sort of one of their, oh, one of their bigger no. hits no, that I no, think we can all get no. behind. Yes. So. Um, dude, I, there's the Beatles. You, you did some great research for this episode because one thing I know, because I've researched Angel Fire Hard, is that Allison <laughs> is a huge Monkees fan. Huge. And you just need to follow her on Instagram to know that now. The, the great thing about hey. the Angel Fire websites is what? they don't just have the guy digging that says un, under construction. They she she constructed actual fan sites about the band you're discussing. It's not that Allison, tell 
Tell Becker he made a mistake. It's not the Beatles. <laughs> Becker, you made a mistake. <laughs> no, I... Thank you. <laughs> sorry. No, I died in the wool. You know, unapologetic monkey stand here. So, yeah. So... You're talking the monkeys. I yeah, am man. too. I... I uh I I probably saw them. My my mom would say she's probably a bigger monkeys fan to this day than the Beatles. I took my mom to see the monkeys when I was in uh, eighth grade, and we have the oh, melody tent on Cape uh-huh. Cod, which is a revolving stage that the oh, monkeys yes. performed on. <laughs> oh, and, Erica uh, knows. Yeah. What, yeah. what year was that, Becker? Oh my gosh, that was probably ninety four, nineteen ninety four. You took her nice. like that. I took her. It was like a like a birthday gift or something. What a I don't son. know who got the ticket oh, for me. What a I don't even son. know if I paid for it. It's probably yeah. probably my dad, you know. But. Mom, Aww. if you're listening. Yeah, Mom, you if you're listening, we're gonna get to that temptations show when things open back up. I promise, <laughs> Mom. I promise. <laughs> we're gonna go see this melody tent. At the melody it's on a rotating <laughs> stage. It's gonna be the temptations of the four tops, Mom. We're gonna get there. I know I've said it for years, and now is the time. <laughs> I don't know oh, why rotating on. stages went away. I, no she got the monkeys with davy what what more could you want yeah she had never yeah exactly she had never seen them with davy and that was her like she was really excited like she didn't you know she didn't get up and scream but you could see that she had the the contained mother she wanted to yeah yeah. i was happy to be part of it but allison if if we did a side cast about the monkeys because i'm a huge fan do you think we would call it slip me a mickey dolan's you should definitely call it that. Yes, yeah. and then we would we would just drink and and talk monkeys the whole time. Let's do it. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm 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 signed on. Let's do it. Yeah, monkeys. I always try and find like the through line between my I do know who the Beatles are. My sort of bit here and mm-hmm. and the Beatles ultimately, and I think Allison probably has more than I know about it. But what I think I really like here about the monkeys and the Beatles and wherever they cross paths is ultimately. I think it's crazy interesting to me that Mickey Dolenz is sort of a character in Lennon's Lost Weekend stuff. That he is part of sort of like the Hollywood vampires. Yeah, yeah with um, like Alice Cooper and yeah. Karen Nilsson. And yeah, totally. Like, I mean, Mickey was super present in the, that you know, that period of Lennon's Lost Weekend. But also it's like, you know, he was very, like, I guess you would say like down to hang, you know, with Lennon and his sort of like break with Yoko and going out to like the Troubadour, getting kicked out of the Troubadour, um, etc. But yeah, no, Mickey was super cool, uh, all that, and he made a connection with the Beatles early on, like 67. I think he was over in England, hung out with Paul. There's photos with Paul, um. You know, I mean, the monkeys are very popular with Beatles, so not yeah. surprising that, you know, they wanted to hang. Erica, where do you stand on the monkeys? Yeah, I think Davy, jo- Davy Jones is super dreamy. Okay, yeah. but... It no, starts I, in <laughs> I like the monkeys. I used to watch that on, on repeat when it was on, like, when I was a kid, and, like, the Brady Bunch and I Dream of Jeannie, and, like, yes, all those repeats yes, were on in the afternoon. Yes, yes, like, no, I was yes. used to watch them, and... I didn't really get a full appreciation for the monkeys until I met Allison, and we started doing this um, monkeys episode (laughs) recap week by week, like we did almost all of them. And so, what what pod is that under a pod? Yeah, what podcast is that? It's 
<laughs> your your online website rebeat we did this on we wrote like oh. 50 articles about the monkeys <laughs> i was like what podcast are you talking about eric <laughs> yeah like the yeah no no the yeah the articles but yeah we should have had a podcast you're right yeah erica yeah. exactly what you're saying is my experience with the monkeys which is the days i pretended to be sick and stayed home from school <laughs> yep. that i was watching the price is right and price the brady bunch right. and yeah. i dream of genie yes. all day yes. long and then the monkeys episode would come on and i'm like i want that fire pole in my house like what's the totally. hell why can't i have that Right? Like that spiral staircase? I still want oh it. I live God. in LA and I'm like, what? Wait, it was a, there was a fire pole, right? Guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Eric and Allison, we're not on a monkey's podcast. And you know that. We're on a Blotto Beatles podcast, and there's what, two what? things that we talk about. <laughs> go, <laughs> I gotta go. Beatles <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and there's two things that we talk about here. We talk about the Beatles, and um, we talk about drinking. So uh, let's just go around a little bit. But um, Erica, what are you, what's in your cups this evening? I have two things in my cup tonight for the easygoing <laughs> part of the podcast. I got some uh, Lindemann's Famboise, some nice, sweet beer here. Nice. And for the heavy part, the shots, I got me a nice bottle of Fireball because I'm classy like nice. that. Very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Allison, out on the West Coast, a little bit earlier, uh, have you... Here in L.A. Uh, what, what have you Bloody Mary? It's just like <laughs> late morning out <laughs> there, right? Yeah, because it's 7 a.m. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> just um, rolled out of bed and you're doing this podcast. <laughs> yes, and... exactly. She never went to bed. <laughs> what? Erica, Party. come on. <laughs> um, no, I... <laughs> it's really lame. I have Coke Zero. Yeah. Hey, it's amazing. Um... Kirkland, Costco, wonderful. Um, uh, so spice rum and Coke Zero and a little bit of lime. Um, and then for my, you know, sidecar, I guess, shots, I don't know. It's spice rum and uh, a little bit of fireball. Oof, and oof. Erica and I had no idea. fireball. Yeah. We had yeah. no idea. Yeah, We did we not good. plan that. We're just totally in sync like that. Yeah, Fireball, we, get up, BC the Beatles for the sponsorship. I know, yeah. sponsorship I know right? We just have Come on, on. Oh, yes. opportunities. Oh, yeah. Mental, like, yeah, totally. So, <laughs> yeah, both doing that. But Uh-oh, I, you know, I sort of Googled. I'm like, you know, what kind of shots? Because I know you guys, like, <laughs> I, I'm so curious to see what the magical mystery word is. I um, hope you hit it. Right? I hope we hit it. Should I start reading? Let me grab a dictionary here. No. Um, I guarantee we will hit it. Oh. We're going to hit it. I guarantee. As long as you say Epstein and not Epstein, you're going to hit it. Epstein. It's Epstein. I'm going to try and knock it out of the way right now. Is it Dylan? Is it Dylan? Is it The part where Scott has to say the magical mystery word to the can audience. Can we roll it back for one second? Scotty, see, what is the magical mystery word? Uh, it's two words. Bob Brian Dylan. Brian Bob Dylan. All right. So we got Dylan. Oh, and you're ex- oh okay. That's good. That's good. Oh, wait. So we are going to get really drunk. Yeah. Oh, or you yes, can say yeah. Robert Zimmerman. Already there, babe. <laughs> you can also oh, say we Robert can say, Zimmerman. We, 
We can oh, say yeah. Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Zimmerman counts. All I my, I, you know what? I like the caveat. Oh my god. I like the caveat. All my notes are about Dylan. Honestly, we have two <laughs> guests, so I figured I'd pick two words: Bob and Dylan. I love it. <laughs> we, well, we're have, probably going to talk about it. So hold on. Have we have we not said Bob yet? You can't have a conversation and not say Bob. Bob. <laughs> you have not said Bob. I've been paying attention. <laughs> There's nope. no Bob Martin. <laughs> Or Bob Epstein. Well, you guys would hate it. And if, we, if, we call him by his, if we call him by his government, that also counts, is what you're saying, right? You call him Robert Zimmerman. That's about it. That's, so we can say that. Robert Zimmerman. That's free. That's, not Bob that's, that's free, is what we said. Yeah. <laughs> Allison, how's that fireball going down in LA? Tonight? Not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. <laughs> Wait, did you say that? No, it, we're, we're in the safe zone. Jesus there's a Christ. safe zone. No, there's a certain safe yeah, zone yeah, while we're shot. We got a little bit of a window that we could talk about it. So. <laughs> it's closing, though. Yeah, Tommy <laughs> just. <laughs> it's closing. I've been known to <laughs> extend the window. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Tommy, what's uh, what's in your cups this evening? Well, here's the thing, my friend, is that we started this evening. We got going, and you know, you you and me and Scotty, we like to get on early, and I was like. I don't want to start with the cocktail too soon because I don't want to run low in and not have the cocktail. So I had a beer beforehand, and yep. you know, coming up. Thanks with, for your honesty. Honesty here. I had a, I had a night shift nightlight, uh, an easy drinking beer I like, and then our friends came on and I poured a Manhattan, and yep. that's probably going to come Got as a shock place, to you dude. right now. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm becoming like Scotty C in my regularity with my drinks and, yeah. and having the Manhattan. Yep. That's and I then uh, I mixed them up, and and then we were talking with our new friends Allison and Erica, and then I poured another Manhattan, and then we were still <laughs> talking, and I dripped out the end of my shaker into my Manhattan glass. So that's like two. I had strong couple couple two tree Manhattans. So now I am on to a beer I haven't had before. Just opened it up, Medusa Brewing, the Laser Cat Imperial IPA. I've never had this. Wow. So there's a great little shop, uh, probably 10 miles from me, and I have it. This is out of Hudson, Massachusetts. I happen to be driving by the Gray Gables Market. It's right near the. You Gables. remember we were going to do this like quicker? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> uh, I was driving by the Gray Gables Market. You know what I'm saying? I'm on a. <laughs> when my mother met my father, <laughs> and <laughs> there was a glint in her eye. Yeah. And Please tell the love. whole story. Don't you interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> The Grey, I'm going to promote the Grey Gables Market, though, because here's what they got down the road for me is a secret beer shelf. You oh, you yes. walk up to the cooler, you're seeing some beers you ain't never seen before, and then you walk into the cooler and above those beers, do you know what they have? Other beers. More Other beers? beers? Other <laughs> beers. And so I, uh, that's where they keep their secret beers. So I got the Laser yeah. Cat Imperial Because IPA. they keep them away from people like Erica who come to the Cape in the summer. Yeah, right. And just exactly. You got to know where the secret beers are. Pillage our fine beer selection. And then I got this you know, Frost Beer Works. go back to New York. Double, I'm going to have you double shh because I got the Frost Beer Works double shh Imperial IPA. Yeah. And I don't know what yes. an Imperial IPA is, but I'm drinking a bunch of them tonight. I mean, it's that's super alcoholy. It sounds very... <laughs> Like um, empire from Star Wars. Um, Not to be get too Star Warsy again. But I'm part of the empire, <laughs> the man. Imperial, I, I like, <laughs> Imperial <laughs> walkers. <laughs> Scotty C, what are you up to this evening for uh, beverages? Let's not let's not get too crazy. I, I, I'm drinking I Jameson. That about you. Yep, that's the Jameson. Solid choice. Yeah, yeah. that's 
yeah. then I have you come with that. I don't even like beer, but I I drink one of these every episode now. The the Devil's Purse official Bottle Beetles. Oh my god, beer. I didn't even say that. I and got I d- I did for I did hear from our sponsors, Devil's Purse, and they love when you lead it in with uh, I don't even like beer. So they're they're super happy with that. So uh, please keep that up. But uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, Devil's Purse, the Handline Kolsch, is the official beer of Blotto Beetles, and they have generously supplied us with a. Uh, I'm running a ton low, of it. though. Do you guys need a run? I'm, I might go on a this run soon. It's drinkable. It's drinkable. I need a run from LA. Hey, bro. Come to Cape Cod. Right. Come to the college right, right up, right? Yeah, yeah. Company. Hey, uh, having, you know what? You know, let's... We're having we our pod, to... pod symposium. We used to go to, I think it was called Mickey's. It was like an alcohol warehouse back then. It was. Did they still have that? Cappies? Oh my god! I've never seen a place like that ever before, ever since. It's, it's so grand, That's right? Your, it yeah. is like the Costco of uh, liquor shopping. Yeah. Oh my god! I do have one friend who he doesn't spend a lot of time on Cape Cod, but he he spends a lot of time on one of the islands just off of Cape Cod, and he will anytime I see him, he's like, "Hey, Tommy, how's it going?" I'm like, "Hey, man, it's good." He's like. Been to Cappies recently. <laughs> <laughs> so, Media Brian, if you're listening, that's for you. <laughs> Cappies is why the Cape can't have nips anymore. Yeah, that's right. really the truth. <laughs> I think so. I uh, I went to some great extents today. I made a, a brown derby that someone turned me on to. But oh, I, Becker, I f- what are you drinking? Sque- squeezed. Yeah, I was going to wait for someone to ask me, but it didn't seem like it <laughs> no, was coming. No, please tell me. Yes, so, I, know. I yeah, as freshly you know, squeezed. I asked- I yeah, I asked in the email. It's like, what are you guys drinking? Yeah, and that's yeah. and I don't usually go this this crafty of a cocktail, but I um, I freshly squeezed some grapefruits today. I made a wow. honey, uh, simple syrup, and I made a Lovely. brown derby, which I guess is a classic cocktail. But that leather that smock looks great on you. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it I am your now stirring a, a, stick and a mixologist. Yeah. Yeah. It looks way better than the vest you can't fit into anymore. But. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that. That is my favorite so, part of this episode right now. <laughs> it is uh, bourbon, grapefruit, and honey syrup. And it's it's one of my favorite winter cocktails wow, right now. Like, all right. Having not it gone to cocktail really bars or, or anything like that, I am happy to sort of mix this up at home and feel pretty good about it. And then uh, locally, I have got, and these guys are in, Somerville. I don't think they have a, a local brewery yet. I think they're sort of uh, brewing where they can, but it's the uh, small change, uh, Push the Sky Away, which I, I believe is a Nick Cave reference, who is... I don't know if I've ever got to talk about Nick Cave on the podcast, but I... Do you like Nick him? Cave is probably... Yes, I, I love Your Nick fan? Cave. He is probably my, my top. You should definitely talk about... Yeah. How do you feel about the, my, how do you feel about the bad seeds? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I take him with and without the bad seeds. Right. I take him especially with Warren Ellis. Um, but... Oh, Oh, so that's where you like an additional violin in your music. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. For this Not episode. dictated by yeah. George Martin. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this flute tonight. So, and I need to make us play this flute we're about to listen to. I love the flute work. I love the flute All work right, we're well, about save to, it, to let's but save it. Let's hold anyways, on. Uh, we're Blotto Beatles, and we're here to talk Did about we hear one from song. Everyone? But, we heard but, from all drinkers. Yeah. I'm a professional, Tommy. You're questioning my work? Uh, yeah, constantly. <laughs> well, friends, we have covered a lot at this point in time, and I think it's probably time to get into this week's track. Scotty, you have already 
uh, had the weight of the magical mystery word lifted off of your shoulders, and now the only job that you carry, you're, you're, you're carrying the weight of introducing this track to us before you can just freewheel. So the freewheel and Scotty C, I can't wait for it. Uh, but please <laughs> tell us about tonight's track. <clears throat> I'm so excited to tell you about this and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have these two guests on. Um, the song that you picked was, uh, you've got to hide your love away, which is a, uh, a John, I, th- I I would say, I think we'd all would agree with this is 100% a John Lennon song. Yeah. John in the Lennon. Beatles. And it's John Lennon. And um, it's off the album Help! Exclamation, I believe, right? Yeah. It's, ex- it's more it's, like, Help! Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Tommy, thank you. Um, and this is a very sort of simple acoustic tune it's a very um i i love that john's i love that john's playing is up in front and he's kind of like doing his rhythmic jangle and his vocal at the same time there's no overdub um background vocals it's very intimate in that regard um i think it took him a you know maybe nine takes to do it um, like I said, there's very little overdubs. There's some tambourine and this and that and the other thing. There is one overdub we'll talk about in a second. Um, but everybody in this in in this tune, as the Beatles always do, they they play for the song. They lay back when they need to. Ringo doesn't do much. George doesn't. You don't hear a lot of anybody. And it's it's very. Um, this one thing that's a beautiful thing about a band is when everyone gives um, the person that needs the space the space they need to to be themselves and um john gets to really be the forefront on this song um he's starting to be influenced by the sort of autobiographical lyricists of the time i won't say anybody's <laughs> name um i'd say that that this is that this is one of the the earlier um times where you'd hear him start getting into that um but there are some mysterious sort of meanings to this song um surrounding the lyrics and and some of the stuff that i i hope we will get into and i'm sure we will and and i'm, and I'm sure w- when we speak of that we'll we'll pronounce the names properly um <laughs> the one thing i wanted to say was uh this is the the really the first time that george martin brings in another instrumentalist that's not a beetle to add something to a song and they add a couple flutes um the same guy the same fellow, John Scott, his name is. Two first names. I don't know what to think of that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but he comes in, he plays a flute. You'd he rather hear us a Scott John? You'd respect him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would totally respect that. Do one, not but. trust him. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, two first names? Yeah. Come on. Um, <laughs> so he comes in and he plays the flute. He plays a tenor flute and a... Soprano flute. I don't know. I, I don't really. Yeah, know he plays two that, flutes but... like a guy with two first names. <laughs> <laughs> and he and this song comes and goes quick, and it and that flute yeah. really yes. just you know finishes it hard. And I know they spoke of the fact that the influential person maybe on this song, you know, would play a harmonica on a part like that maybe. And uh, George Martin brought in these. This flutist. George Martin probably thought that the harmonica was like a peasant's <laughs> instrument, right? 
<laughs> but I will say um, one thing they did do. would have changed its accent. They, I, I, I always go too long on this and I get so nervous about it. But um, there was a session drummer on the song Love Me Do before this. The song you hear, when you hear Love Me Do, Ringo was not playing drums on it. There was a session drummer on that. This, so this is really kind of the second non-Beatle person That's crazy. to be on a song. Yeah. But, um, but this is the first sort of like extra instrumentalist um, sort of thing. So I... Um, I kn- and I'll, go, go ahead, Tom. No, you, you go ahead. I was going to say, I know we're about to listen to it, but what you're basically saying is yesterday is recorded after this song, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was recorded after this. Yeah. This is the um, sixth song recorded for this record, Help. Okay. According to my figures. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking but the Excel I have, spreadsheet. I have one more thing I want to say, uh, which is kind of a little side thing that I found interesting. Ringo had just got married about a week before this song yeah. was recorded. And he had just come back from his honeymoon, maybe just a few days before this recording. And um, according to this flutist, he said that they were all in really good spirits. I think all the guys were there when this fellow played his flutes. Um, and and he said that they were all in a very in a good mood, and especially Ringo. He was back from his honeymoon from with um. I'm I'm going to say her, her name's Maureen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. And he was very excited for that, and that and that's that's really a beautiful thing. So, um, but I I would love to ask Erica and Allison a a little reason why maybe they picked the song in particular. I'm going to hand this wow. one to you because I think the reason we picked this is because of your favorite Beatle. I was a lucky person who had the um, I don't know the opportunity to open. The- Oh my God, they opened the email first and got the, you know, to tell a lot of the Beatles this song. And I was like, mm, this will give me an opportunity to talk about Brian Epstein. Yeah. So there, there you yes. go. That's it. <laughs> and Erica, Erica had no choice. So that's right. <laughs> I don't even know. Her lot Which means. Lot, which what means life. we are coming on next time, and we're coming on for Obladi Obladi. I know. I know. Yeah, we're talking yes. about a, jo- a, a Paul song next time. But I would love a pro Obladi song. Your, yeah, it's yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> BC the Beatles owns Obladi Obladi. You've got yes. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everyone That's else lay down. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to hear why that song is good. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, I do want to hear more about why Eric and Allison wanted to pick the song, but in, in the moment, I, I think we, and maybe uh, the Blood of Scroft stuff there, should give this tune a listen, and so we're, we're going to throw it on Spotify, which, you know, is, is a little tame, and, and wherever you are, if you have Spotify the most available, or if you have a, a, a record and you want to drop the needle, or you want to throw in your, uh, your, your Pono... If that's what you got going, <laughs> let's all listen to um, You've Got to Hide Your Love Boy. Here I stand, head in hand, turn my face to the wall. 
If she's gone, I can't go on Feeling two foot small Everywhere people stare Each and every day is it okay to say that I didn't know I didn't know it was a flute until this week? Until I started doing sort of the the, the prep. What the did you think I, in your your heart it was? I don't. I mean, I knew it was something that like you blew into and you know like a brass <laughs> instrument or something like. But I I didn't know that it was a flute. Like I don't know. Like a flute invokes way different different imagery for me than sort of like a trumpet or something like that. So I've been trying know. to I mean, sell you on Jethro Tull. For years, <laughs> and that's what turns me off to flutes. Oh, yeah, you're like, yeah. I just can't do flutes, I, man. I actually respect this guy who said flutist instead of flautist yeah. in his intro <laughs> earlier. <laughs> is that but, wrong um, or right? Uh, did I do it right? I think flautist is right, but flutist seems appropriate. All right, cool. There was something I'd never <laughs> heard before in the song when we just played it now, and that is that the first vocal from john just sounds so freaking tired it's almost like he doesn't even want to sing it like it's and it takes until like ringo's tambourine kind of kicks in that he's like all right this is there's more energy to it and i I don't know that was amazing to me like there there are not many times we we sit here in the first listen and i'm like discovering something new but i heard that just now it was like oh my god like it's almost like he doesn't care about the song and i don't know if that's the uh influence of american folk folk musicians (laughs) (laughs) before before we go too deep uh you had your impression but um we had the luxury and the benefit that bc the beatles would have brought this tune to us and so yeah i would love to get allison and erica's first take on on this song You know, I love this period of John's songwriting career. Um, I know he didn't. He kind of called this his fat Elvis phase, and he was very depressed at this time. But it it was a time when he was transitioning from, you know, first there was the, you know, the American rock that really influenced him. And then they kind of got into this period where they would say, you know, let's write a swimming pool. And they were putting out an album every three months. And they were putting, they were just doing, they were churning out the kind of music that, they never wanted the A&R men to tell them to sing. And then all of a sudden, they're becoming these very prolific songwriters, but they're not being really authentic. It's, you know, all girl, I love you and don't treat me wrong and all this kind of stuff. And John has said that it was during this period when, you know, he not only got exposed to the American folk movement, yep. but he also, you know, got exposed to a hell of a lot of weed. Yes. And so he started getting, you know, more introspective. And he would say that in the past, he was putting this kind of feeling and this kind of poetry into his writing, like a Spaniard in the works and in his own right. And it was kind of a transition for him where he felt like he could start putting it into his music. And I think that just the well of his emotions kind of, you know, started overflowing and, he couldn't just keep writing a swimming pool anymore. Right. And this it was this help this whole help ses- you know, sessions that really brought that out. Yeah, it's not just Right. The, the... And also your yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, you know, uh along with the song, you know, you're experiencing a wealth of like you know, him ex- you know, cr- 
crying out for help, you know, you have the help soundtrack, but you're going to yeah. help, you know, as a, as a song, but you know, you've got to hide, hide your love away. It's, it could be like, you know, his, his, his thing of like, you know, I'm married. I can't express that. Or, you know, as I like to say, the brain of same component. Sorry. I still pick up. Let me, mm-hmm. um, you know, but like it's, it's multi-layered. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, sorry. I do tie this song a lot with help and also with I'm a loser, right? Like the, mm-hmm. these first images of John, not just right, like you said, uh, Erica, really beautifully, like they were writing songs for swimming pools. Like that. that's a quote from them. And... Yeah, these are the first moments of John being like, but I can maybe do more. I, I can maybe mm-hmm. talk about myself. And and in that, I'm talking about kind of the human experience. Like we 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 joked before we got uh, on this episode about something with Dickens. Right. Like, but that is that's Dickensian, like th- this idea of talking about the human experience of of talking what it is to be me today. And mm-hmm. even if he's putting himself in someone else's shoes, which I think we will probably get to in this discussion of you've got to hide your love away. He is talking about his or someone else's human experience at that moment in time. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And it wasn't done in pop music before right, this yeah, kind of folk renaissance, right? right? right like, right, this is the first time. And possibly, I don't know, maybe the Beatles were some of the first people to do that in mainstream pop music. Yeah. John Lennon might have been the first to do that. It's it's also, I just noticed for the first time when we were listening to it, it's a really hard waltz. Yes. Like, are there any other Beatles songs that are re- that are in three four time like that? Like it's really. I mean, mine is the there. Time. Like uh, that's the one that sticks out. There may be more, but yeah. Like, Scotty, see, you want to chime in on time? <laughs> like um, there are black. plenty of yeah. There are plenty of songs in that sort of time. But I, they I mean, like this and... is one that hits three four hard, right? Yeah. Like, it, but it, the it, way he plays it is so cool. It's so jangly yeah. and so sort of like loose. Yeah, and even like Ringo is mostly on the tambourine here, but it's a real standout yeah. moment. It yeah, really that's, punctuates that. I have that in my notes right now, where it's like, give Ringo all the grief in the world, but like, right now he's playing to the song and he's playing to it like I think pretty all pretty perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like there is no doubt that he he they came in, they presented the song, and, and like Ringo probably knew his place in this tune and did it very well you know like that that is what i took away from this a bit i know hearing the i think whole... we were talking about it earlier and some you quoted it or someone read it already and we're trying to re- not say the zimmerman thing but like the toughest thing about not having john here now or not having john for the past uh 40 years however long Jesus. it's been is that you don't get his perspective right. and I, I, you guys probably know in doing your research but like I don't know that you can tr- trust John all that much. And like, I would love to hear what John would have told you about this song today. Right. Because he mm-hmm. writes, Oh, I'm a chameleon. I'm doing the Elvis Presley thing. And now I'm doing the Robert Zimmerman thing. And, and it's, it's not a big deal, you know, but 
I believe it to be a bigger deal. You know, like you just, you just Tommy said, like, oh, you know, he's starting to get honest and something like that. But you can't get honest until you decide to be honest. And so, like, what do we think about this song? I mean, what is the, you know, it's popularly sort of had a rumor about Epstein around it. I mean, where do, uh, where, where does BC the Beatles land on, on that perspective? So there was a, there was a feeling about this song that it perhaps was written about John's personal feeling for Brian Epstein, that there was some, there was either an affair or almost an affair. They took this trip to Spain in 1963, just the two of them. And there's this this really ridiculous movie called Our, The Hours and Times from the 90s, like an hour long like fan fiction in black and white starring um, starring the guy who plays Professor Quirrell in the first Harry Potter movie as John. Which some people say is it, like their favorite Beatles movie. <laughs> I've read that. It's, <laughs> It's weird, man. It's weird. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, I'm it sounds wow. crazy. Three ninety nine on YouTube. It's great, um, but I don't. I don't. I don't personally feel that it was that autobiographical. Like whatever happened between John and Brian, and I think something prob- something probably happened. At least an emotional relationship, if not a totally consummated physical one, but. You know, John gave like four or five different interpretations of what actually happened over his lifetime. Right. He told his friend Pete Shotton, I think, that they they went pretty far, but not all the way. And then he told other people that they didn't do anything. So, you know. Do you think, though, that this song might be in some way an ode to Brian about like, I, I've always, once I heard that thing about Brian Epstein, like, is this some level of sadness about that the, the, his friend can't just live the life he wants to live? I would just like yeah. to interrupt real quickly. Um, I know what you're talking about when you say this thing about Brian Epstein, but I'm not sure everyone else does. What is the thing about Brian Epstein? So Brian, Brian Epstein was a, a closeted gay man. Right, I, I think we and all... it was unaccepted at the time, and, and in, which in was it was actually illegal. Right. It was until illegal about yeah. a month after yeah. he died. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I don't have the evidence in front of me to say like that. This is the 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 document or the truth to say that, but I've read enough about the Beatles to to recognize Brian. Sadly, was a closeted gay man, and whatever mm-hmm. that played into his life and and sadly perhaps his death i don't know but um he was not able to just be the guy he was that when you look at photos of him with the beatles um we always becker and i always take a a, a picture of uh before we start an episode the the couple drinks we're drinking with the album cover and tonight, uh, I included purposefully a picture of Brian Epstein lying in a bed with Ringo Starr. You know what oh, I mean? Man. Like, and I think that because it's just like a loving yeah. friendship that the, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, I think John is or Paul is over to the side of the picture too. But I know in in my head, it's it's Brian and Ringo hanging out together, like hugging each other in a bed because it's just a loving friendship and yeah whatever else is going on for brian like 
these guys probably know. We we're pretty sure John knows that that Brian Epstein is a gay man at this time, and they I think just they all knew. They, and they, yeah. but whatever it is, they just love him. There that he is part of the the gang that we've talked about well, he, so much. You right? know, he he made it happen for them. Yeah, you know, and sure. you know, with with John, I think he saw it more intimately because he was I I, I would. I would say he's closer with Brian than maybe Paul or George or Ringo. So, um, I, I think my my next question is: Do we think this song is about Brian Epstein? Like, it, it, whatever we think about the rela- relationship between them, like, is this song about him? Like, whether it's the two of them or not, is, is it about the? Yeah, you know. Well. You know, John yeah. always was like, oh, you know, it's subconscious. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. whatever. But maybe, maybe. I, I had, you know, it's it's so of the time right. where you couldn't be openly mm-hmm. gay. You couldn't be, you know, um, you know, Brian was almost arrested a thousand times for having, well, not a thousand, but, you know, a couple times for having, you know, illicit affairs. And it's like, maybe, you know, maybe he... You know, John sort of digested it in that way, where he's like, "Okay, I'm going to write this song." You know, I I think it. I feel like that is more probable because they made this the song that was like the background music in the anthology when they talked about Brian dying. Yeah. So I feel like when you know, if John, George, and Ringo, and you know, George Martin, and all these Beatles folks were having control over that, maybe they felt like. It, whether it was about that or not, that it represented something that was going on with Brian that John understood on either, you know, conscious or subconscious level. You know, I don't think anybody's going to say this is the story of Brian Epstein. John would have never said that. No. But, yeah. you know, there was a lot of, I think there were a lot of things that John felt that he had to hide. He knew about what Brian had to hide. I mean, Brian had him hide his own wife when she was pregnant with Julian when they were touring in 1964. I mean, there was yeah. a lot of this hiding. And John had a lot of yeah. affairs, and he didn't necessarily want to be married anymore. He was hiding that love away. There I mean, you so look at many like, different things. Yeah, like Norwegian Wood. You know, that's another part of, like, John having an affair. Maybe he, he had to hide. You know, there's a lot of that, what, like, hiding. Yeah, what was interesting to me in the, in the last week of, like, doing whatever uh, cursory research we do is, like, I always felt like this song was... If I felt like it was on the side of Brian, it was, or talking about Brian, I I guess I should say, it was that it was on his side, like, this is awful that you have to hide your love away. This is too bad. Like, why can't you just be yourself, right? And what what I've read over the last week is almost like uh, people, some people take it as a command from John to Brian of like, hide this because it's going to ruin you. You know oh, wow. what I mean? Like, and how, mm-hmm. yeah. how awful if that's the truth. And I, I don't really think it is. I don't agree with that, but I don't think so either. I think that, you know, it was sort of like John, like observing you know, what was going on because Brian at the time, you know, at, I mean, it's hard to say when he took up with this person who would really, sort of lead to his persecution um and somebody who would blackmail him throughout his you know the the latter half of his life 
Um, or just people. You know, Brian was very secretive. He had a lot of relationships that were, you know, I mean, I I don't know. I don't <laughs> he, he was sort of... Um, Involved in some secret societies that were like not societies, but like um, you know he he liked to sort of hook up underground with people, um, and I don't know if John was sort of privy to that or if he was sort of like just you know observing what Brian was doing on the you know just regular. Um, I don't know. I think that John was sort of observing that. I don't think he was, you know, any deeper than that. I think he was sort of like, okay, Brian is having these relationships that aren't mainstream, that aren't, you know, um, accepted, you know. Or even legal. Yeah. Yeah, or Mm -hmm. even legal. You know, Brian had a couple of instances where he was almost arrested, you know, of having, you know, these relationships and... Yeah, you know, today it seems wild. Yeah, it's so fucked up, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, well, I know so you guys up. have talked about yeah. this on your but podcast it's part of like before being... of like the, this idea of mm-hmm. people have said to you, well, what do you have to say about John's uh, homophobic statements at this time? Right? Like, and mm-hmm. and this comes back to what we were discussing earlier about like in a time and a place, it's really hard to for us to rationalize one statement or another because what i know in my heart and from every bit of research i've done and every thing i've read is brian epstein was brian epstein excuse me brian epstein Epstein. you're about to get bleeped Brian, Brian, I love that. That's our favorite thing. We may may adapt it if we want. Brian Epstein was a a close friend of John Lennon's. At at the end of the day, whatever whatever dumb joke he made or whatever stupid statement he made that, that we could consider homophobic, this guy. A, a gay closeted man in the 1960s was a close friend of him. However close 100%. we we are like trying to determine what close means, like almost doesn't matter I mean, at the and, end of the day. And it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't Tommy, matter. Yeah. We can only speculate, yeah. you know, because we've never had yeah. a clear answer, and that's okay. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, don't, I, I don't we, care. And that's and that's yeah. why I think the biggest disappointment about John is for me and sort of his like record on everything is that. John is generally so nonplussed about most of his music. And this is one of those tunes too, where he's just like, Oh, I'm a chameleon. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. We're right. doing, if he had yeah. more time to talk American about these songs, and all and about it. Like, it. Yeah. And it's almost what, like he deflects. What, what right? would it ultimately like, mean? Yeah. You know, like exactly. he, he, you know. he sort of deflects. I, I feel like he sometimes uses like Dylan. It's only quarter to oh, eight shit. in LA, and so Allison thought that we could just do another magical mystery shot. I did not. What? <laughs> oh, I miscalculated. Hey, my cheers, shot. y'all! Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Goes down smooth. That's not good. <laughs> I gotta be I honest. Guess. It. it 
it all just helps your karaoke performance. So, like, just, like, get, uh, it's going to be disastrous, I got to say. <laughs> it's going to be bad. I want to go back a little bit to talking about um, the song itself. You guys talk about because yeah, yeah the song itself. Because yeah. I don't know if the, I'm not wrapped up in this tune yet at all. But um, you guys talk about the internet and your exposure and a little bit of of sort of exp- learning the Beatles that way. But for me, a big part of this tune and, and getting a little different perspective was it for me was the anthology two. We got like a, a yeah. little separate version of it, and we got this. Um, I want to just play it for a quick right, second because Paul broke the glass. Broke the glass. Yeah. Yeah. glass. The strings on the top string. Paul's broken at last. Broken at last. Paul's broken at last. At last. At last. He's broke today. Okay. One. Oh, you ready, Maka? One, two, three. And then he says Maka, oh, which fail. I think is I so love great. that he says Maka too. Maka. Yeah. Maka, you fail. And that, I, I think it's a little like, you don't take credit for it, everyone now who's sort of a Beatles fan, that you have access to everything in the world. But for me at the time, I I actually stole this record from a Costco as a young boy. I well tucked done. it under my shirt and I, I walked out with it. As I hold up spice my Kirkland. Yeah. The only yeah. record uh, I ever shipped. I, I, I've paid back the Costco Corporation. Costco. They're, they're fine. They're, they've made whole. Like, I know that they were they were worried. Their, their, their shareholders were like, oh, we're down one anthology CD. I know. You know, I, I've, made, I've, made, I've, made, I've made it whole. So I feel like I, I did. I did uh, to, to make you feel comfortable in a in a room of uh, law-abiding citizens, I did steal an Easy E record uh, oh, yeah. from a stra- a from better. a Strawberries, and I stole it at- after after oh. he died because I was like, "This is oh, what oh he would have wanted." He would have wanted fabulous. me to steal this record. Yeah. I really that's believe a, that. That's a I way better record. Would, <laughs> Meanwhile, the know. Beatles every month are trying to like repackage stuff and be like, "You should buy this again." You yeah. know. I so, mean, are you yeah. dead but yet? Does, yeah. does Does Paul know what Costco is? <laughs> but but someone should someone should take him and just yeah. be like, oh, oh like this is where normal people are shopping. I mean, he, he would, would be like a he kid. Would. He would be like Char- in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He'd be so excited. But I think I he mean, would he'd have to walk. Like, like, he'd have to step. walk a calf behind him through Costco. That would have to happen. Fucking shit! Yeah. I can get like a pound yeah. of like. You yeah. know, and they're uh, looking at steaks. Lunging. He's like, "Here's my cap." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've caught Brian Epstein's connection to the to this song, maybe, but like we haven't necessarily discussed just this song on its own merit, right? Sure, right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've talked about like the Dylan connection. To you. Oh, fuck. Okay, I gotta pour one. I still have a half a shot. I don't have one at the ready. Hang on. I thought oh. you had. I thought you had ten shots of Fireball on deck, bro. Oh. I do, but Jeez. it's Wait, it's God. like I don't. We're gonna talk about this song half, at some point. Half rum, <laughs> half Fireball. Hang on. <laughs> is it weird that this song is so short? Like that is weird. The, it it says so it's like much. A... It says so much in like 
two minutes plus. Like, this song does not hit three minutes, right? Like, mm-hmm. it is, no. Right. There is me. That's why I think that's that's why I think the Zimmerman c- comparison. It's interesting because like. At this point, he's not known for brevity. Yeah, you know? right. Wait, Fair enough. Yeah. And, which, wait, that which guy? Zimmerman. He's so red in his first song. Zimmerman? Hey, yeah. Don't Ro- say it again. <laughs> yeah. Bob Dylan. God. But seriously, like, who, like, what Beatles song is longer than this one that, at this point? Like, that's a, a major difference. How Nothing. long is the song, Scotty? I don't even know. Like it's two it's, minutes it's and like nine two, seconds. Two, two nine. Yeah, like, that is crazy. Ten, yeah. Like, but it's every so song short, on this album yeah. is about that length. You know, you know what that makes me think of is like he took that influence that he had, and then he's taking mm-hmm. his own art, which are these short sketches and poems and drawings, like in in his avant-garde stuff, and he kind of put them together into this little song that says so much in such a short amount of time. And yeah. in that sure. way, it's uniquely John. Yeah, well, you, it's well, very that, cool. Yeah, well, it's that, very... that's a that's a, like an amazingly succinct way to put it. Yeah. And I I am dangerously close to like figuring out how to, but like I <laughs> I'm a tremendous Robert Zimmerman fan, which oh, I've never sure. ever said on the record before. But whatever, not? Bowie. <laughs> Lennon does not. Uh, he can't touch. Zimmerman at this point lyrically and, and writing and so I I never really put them together until he decides to say like oh I'm I'm influenced by this and I'm a chameleon well, because you compare like this with like positively four street you know sure. it's it's very yeah. hard but <laughs> maybe my favorite song of that me artist. too yeah. I I love it I love it I love it um, who uh, who sings that song? That, the artist know. that uh, Allison's talking about. Didn't she say Bob Dylan? I didn't uh, say it. Now you said it. Bob you Dylan? said Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty said it. Whatever happened, Scotty said it. <laughs> Wait, I swear, Is Allison. Is that the buzzword? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> but I think that like uh, cheer, cheers, fellas and ladies. If she cheers. didn't say it, I said Bob Dylan. Cheers! Wait, what did I not say? Um, I think oh don't God. fucking say it again. Yeah. <gasps> what? Yeah. I said what? Don't fucking Bob say it again. Dylan? <laughs> Positively. Um, I he- think. What's interesting, though, is, like, so many artists in the 60s were, like, influenced by Bob Dylan, right? But they got, like, derivative. You're in the wheelhouse. You're in the safe zone. You're in the safe zone. Fuck! You're in the safe zone. You're in the safe zone. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Barely, barely. I am safe zone. Barely. That was, like, right outside. Yeah. I haven't even done my shot yet. Wait. And that's why it's safe zone. Like, I haven't even got mine, like, sort of refilled. Don't say that man's name again. Ever. Be Dill. Be Dill. Um... But, like, the thing is, is, like, so many artists from the 60s are like, oh, yeah, you know, this song, XYZ, like, I'm thinking of the Shirtles, were like, you know, this was influenced by Bob Dylan, but, like, the Beatles were like, oh, shit! <laughs> I don't think you are. I think you're all just saying I do like that. I didn't see that, that one counts. Oh, shit, that one counts. But, like, I think it was We all cool. have to... We got a pop. Oh, that one counts. Dude, you're screaming. There's so many words. Oh my god. 
And Dylan's one of them. <laughs> and, Bob, <laughs> and Bob is another. Fuck <laughs> off, oh, oh, yeah. No. Uh, friends, friends, Guys. friends, friends. I have, a, I have a couple other things to speak about this actual song. Like, if it's okay with you, uh, is it weird that that John Lennon talks in the first person in the verse? Oh yeah, yeah. you he know, it's uh, here I am, head yeah. in hand, like uh, heart in hand, whatever he says. Like I don't have the lyrics right in front of me, but he's, he he's talking here I am, and then in the chorus he says, "Hey, you you've got to hide your love away, you've." Mm. You've that's a second person <laughs> shift. Hey, you've, uh, hey, you've guys, you hey, guys you've gotta, gotta hey, do you that. fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we are all clearly in a place where we're going to talk about the literary uh, technique of doing first person to second. I think person. there's a funny thing here that starts to happen, and we talked about it, and um, Allison. Triggered the Robert Zimmerman thing, but I, there's a funny thing happens here where I think that John is starting to figure out his place in things and, and what it all means. But why and go to I, I, think I that, to you? Like that—that's very interesting to me. Like why go here? I am, and then you've got to hide your love away. I always think of it like when, you know, he's describing himself, but then he's describing the voice in his head that's telling him to shut the fuck up about the things that he's talking about. Yeah. And then he's go back to like how like upset he is about it. And then he's back to like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, okay. Fair. That's <laughs> yeah. good. I think that is super. I, I actually it. think yeah. that's exactly perfect. What it that's is. That's very perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I do better when I swear. <laughs> Hashtag. I, we talked about it up front, uh, but the uh, shut the fuck up. The feeling two foot small, <laughs> which I think is part of what we're all talking. That he sort of mistakenly sings his lyric, and it really works out well. Yeah, but I had oh, thought so for good. a while that yeah. when I first heard the song, where I was like, "Feeling two foot small is sort of ridiculous." Like that's. But not if he said mistake. "feeling too fucking two foot small," it'd be. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved that. I oh my god. As as a youth getting turned out of the Beatles, like if they had sworn early on, I would have I would have loved that. That would have been all I needed. Mm. You know? I did mm. I did rewatch the uh the the Beatles anthology today with this portion and it's a lot of what I love from the Beatles anthology, which is Paul driving a boat. In like a small harbor. That's my guy. He's just driving yeah. around some moorings. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. maybe wearing they a never cable left, sweater. Paul never gets to drive. <laughs> never left the, yeah, yeah, that's, never loves the that's, that's Erica. You know, the Beatles eighties as an apologist. Yeah. <laughs> Paul never left the fucking Hava. Um so a ton of folks have covered this tune, but very famously the the Beach Boys did it in their oh sort the of party like fake pa- the party party yes. record oh, like such are a you guys party. On, are, are you guys on board with this like I I'm bored. I 
I just love a I manufactured mean, shit, dude. Party. I love I the mean, Beach Boys sort of genuflecting to the Beatles and being like, "All right, we're gonna just like jam this tune out." And uh, you know, you know what else? You know, I'll say, and you can totally cut this out because it's super fucking ridiculous. But it reminds me back to uh, Falmouth, actually, Whoa. when yeah, when when I was a clock, and we would go like every week to Liam McGuire's, and we would sing Irish drinking songs at that bar. And there was this song called Wild Rover. Do you know what yeah. the Irish song? Yeah. No, nay, never. No, nay, never. Right up no, your nay, kilt. Never. Right? No, more. No more. Right. And I think that for some reason, the song always sounds like that kind of drinking oh, game. I like I think, a, I think a good right up your kilt actually fits in real well right yeah. there. And that's what I kind of feel like the Beach Boys version feels like. Oh, let's go hang out right. with Liam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Yep. Going to America. I want to go. I want to go so bad. <laughs> Before we get to ranking, should we say, is there anything that needs to be said about this specific song? I may have already said this, but I feel like this is this this era and especially this song is a turning point in the Beatles becoming the innovative artists they are. This you. is like the first yes. huge step. Yes, I I, I that I had that down as a. This is like John being John and not just John for the masses, right? Mm-hmm. And that's huge. Yes. And that's huge. Yes, yes, yes. Anything huge. else? And so in that world, we come to rate Beatles tunes. We are, are trying to assemble a, a list of all of the tunes in the moment. And so I would, I would love your input. Where do you think these songs lie? So we're number 20? Is that where we are? 22? 23. You're episode 23. Okay. So for reference, what's the middle point now? I was trying to share the screen, and I am having trouble doing that. Like, uh, numbers, uh, I'll say number 12 is Nowhere Man. What's number 10? Number 10 is... Number 10 actually is I've Got a Feeling. I've Got a Feeling, yeah. Okay. Is this a better or worse song than I've Got a Feeling? God, that's hard. I would say just a little better. Yeah, it's better. All right, so let's go. This is is a John song. Here's what I'm going to say. The The next next John song song on the list is Day Tripper. Is this a better or worse song than Day Tripper? Boom, banana, nana. I like it. I I like it more. I'm not entirely sure if it's a better song, but I like it yeah, more. That's, fair. It that's more. fair. I'm listening, but I don't know who's saying that. Hold on, say that again. I thought that was a Paul song. Got a good reason. Yeah, I I think I agree with you actually because I think this leads to where John becomes like th- this is a help. This is uh, like I, I'm trying to discuss who I am, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so the next John song is because. Wait a minute. This is oh, better wow. than this is better than I've than Day Tripper. Well, they said it was. Yeah. <laughs> I said it was. I don't know if she said anything. She might be passed out. <laughs> <laughs> You're going better than Day Tripper for I've got a. Uh, you've got to hide your love away. Yeah, but I don't think better than because. It's not better than because. 
No. Is it better than Fool on the Hill? Uh, no. <laughs> but not that much worse. Just, uh, just uh, <laughs> I think I'm right. With, like, I, I feel exactly on Erica's wavelength right now. Yeah, so. I think so this is... what number are we at? I, so this would come in at number... Uh, nine. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> nine. <laughs> no, wait. We're saying it's better than Day Tripper, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it but would actually as... come in at number six. Wow. Oh, Allison, what do you have? So where where are you putting your stance? Ahead of Day Tripper. Well, seventh out of what? Like not. Like twenty three. So. Yeah, we haven't got there. I think it, it it's, it's better than Day Tripper. I'm on board with that. Really? Yeah, I, can't, I think so. I can't type in our list right now. Did we talk about the song at all? We did. <laughs> we totally did. It's just We're, not a very long song. <laughs> um, do you guys want to sing a song together? Wait, we. I have one. I have one last thing I want to say before we sing a song together. Oh yeah, I I want to hear it. Bob Dylan. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that was the last thing Allison wanted me to say. I'll tell you that. That I can see it. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Th- thank you all for joining us on Mono Beatles. Uh, we did hit the magical mystery word. I'm, I am positive of that. I am Tommy, and we had with me my co-host Becker, who has left the studio. And this episode was also uh, composed. Magically edited by your executive producer, Scotty C, who has also left the studio. Uh, There has been some additional uh, support and musical supervision from our good friend RB. That B stands for Beatles. You can follow him on at Rhino Brooks on all the socials. Uh, we are also on all the socials at Botto Beatles. You can follow us there. You can uh, hit us up. You can donate some money. We love all that stuff. And please remember, this show is performed by professionals. And we encourage you always to enjoy Blotto Beatles responsibly. Don't forget, don't, don't, don't forget to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app of choice. I also want to conclude on the, we had the tremendous, tremendous opportunity to have BC the Beatles. Oh my goodness, that was amazing. And We are so happy to have been here. I really appreciate that you were giving us our time, but uh, where can people check out uh, your show? You can find us wherever you get your podcast at BC the Beatles. You can find our handle anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BC the Beatles. And you can email us if you prefer to 
Write us a letter at bcthebeatles at gmail.com. Perfect. Amazing. And you should do all of those things. Yes. So now we Hit now him. we would probably say after that. Peace and love. Peace and people stand each and every day. I can see that I